This is Checkpoint XP. Esports and gaming radio. Checkpointxp.com. So, Ninja thinks playing esports is easier than playing football? Are you kidding me, Ninja? Welcome into Checkpoint XP, your home for esports and gaming. Coming up today on Checkpoint XP, we're going to take a look at some of the roster madness in Overwatch League as well as the LCS. Plus, we've got a brand new game. Weird Beard is brought to us. We're going to see if we can guess the game by the sound effects it makes. Those conversations ahead here today on Checkpoint XP. But Ninja, man, Ninja over the weekend making some tweets that definitely turned some heads. Robbie, what can you tell us about this? Yeah, so the mega streamer uh, went to Twitter and he said, I'll never understand how college and NFL football teams allow kickers that just miss kicks. I feel like there has to be a pool of kickers in the USA that won't miss simple kicks or snappers that won't miss snaps. I don't know, man. It seems so silly. Uh, <laughs> so Sure, man. Sure. Uh, let, uh, let me ask you a question, Ninja, if I can ask it to the ether. Uh, when was the last time you were on an athletic field of any kind? He wouldn't. He, he, he of hasn't. any kind. Not as a special guest or a representative <laughs> of esports or streaming or video games or whatever. When was the last time you actually got on a field of play to try to compete against another person or team? Do you think that if Ninja threw the first pitch at a baseball game and make it over the plate? No! <laughs> Absolutely not. That's 90 ki- feet, bro. Are you kidding me with those buggy whip arms? <laughs> no! No, yeah. he's not making it anywhere near the plate. Yeah, so uh, someone had actually uh, went and parroted his tweet in uh, a classic meme fashion, which people have done before, and basically uh, just put Fortnite in place of football. It says, I'll never understand how pro Fortnite players just <laughs> miss shots. I feel like there has to be pools of pro players who can just click on their heads and hit every shot with 100% accuracy. Just seems so silly. <laughs> to which... Ninja did not take kindly to this. He said, this is the crappiest reply ever. Fortnite requires movement, editing, building, rotating, and hitting shots. Oh, here we go. There are not positions in Fortnite. A kicker's job is literally just to kick. How horrible analogy? Right. Kind of embarrassing. Okay, listen. Let me let me hop in on this. As you know, uh, no, the guy, no. Fortnite's harder no, than no, football. No, 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 Norris, no, no. They just have to kick a ball. No, I listen. I'm not going to have to argue. worry about 17 different keybinds. No, I am not going to argue the fact that this is literally the the this is the bottom of the barrel of comparison between video games and actual sports of esports and actual sports. There is no true analogous real comparison to going outside, putting on pads, and kicking the ball. And the thing that makes this so cringeworthy is just how visible Ninja is. Yeah. Because so often in our own line of work, we get people who are like diehard sports fans or they work at a sports radio station. They look at us and they go, you know, I just don't get it. I don't I don't understand esports. I do not understand it. And if you explain it to them in the, through the lens of competition, they generally end up getting it. Yeah. But it also comes with the caveat that like yeah, these two things are not exactly the yeah. same. They're not exactly the same. They're they're the same in spirit. So having that physicality in sports is such a necessarily it's necessary element to traditional sports, and there is none of that in esports. I'm sorry, but this 
holds no water whatsoever. It, it doesn't, but it also goes to the entire critique of anyone who does, you know, sports or plays anything competitively, be esports or uh, traditional sports. Is a concept that it's as simple as walking out and kicking the ball. That it is as simple as clicking the left mouse button. I do have it's to wonder who he was watching, though, because I mean, if he was watching the Lions play... It was definitely the Lions. Then I get why they were missing kicks. <laughs> Here's the thing. I would have loved to see another meme reply from an actual kicker that oh. responded directly to Ninja where they brought all of the different variables that you have to consider. Wind speed, offense, defense, your, you know, the... the, the 11 snap, other people. Snap placement. Yep. All of those kinds of things, you know, those variables are what matters when kicking the kick. So I I would have loved to see that response. Unfortunately, I don't think that response exists out there. But this does us no favors. No, it does us no favors. We don't look good. Esports and, and fans of video games look foolish and childish. You do not, do not try to compare these two things because one of them is definitely not like the other. Stay close to the heat. Close shade. Turn on Checkpoint XP. All right, it's time for Checkpoint XP's Close Shave of the Week. And this week's Close Shave goes to Team Liquid. More specifically, Nitro, for pulling out a four-kill round on the map Vertigo, all on the way to Team Liquid, clutching the first map in a best-of-three series. Three players take a uh, remaining, sorry, for Team Liquid as a legion. That one lost immediately, but Nitro is trying to force his way back into this. He will do exactly that with three kills, and he's still alive with position and the bomb. And of course, he's covering the close angle. Zipex, he's going to spot him first, though. Nice front IP, but there's a second play. He's right got off. no idea. Right he's got no idea that Nitro is here, and this should complete the quad kill. Easy stuff for Nitro. What an absolutely disgusting series of kills from him. While Team Liquid did eventually fall to Astralis in the Grand Finals, which was a best of three series, this round specifically launched Liquid into the driver's seat of two close maps that would have been out of reach if not for nitro igniting the offense check out the checkpoint xp close shave of the week at our website checkpointxp.com this is checkpoint xp esports and gaming radio boy the beat goes on for wwe 2k20 oh no the game is so bad that there are now rumors of a bunch of members of the development team jumping ship in fact we got this little piece of audio from justin leaper a former employee who worked on some of the wwe titles and this is what he had to say i've actually heard about double digit people on the team who have quit and they haven't like left for other stuff they just quit because like man i don't want to i don't want this stink on me anymore you know i don't care what i'm doing i'm just i'm 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 leaving, taking my stuff and going. So WWE 2K20 being received poorly, both on oh, in terms of customers and in terms of developers. This is made for a really bad situation for anyone who is a really big fan of the WWE 2K games. The fact that it's still going on is, I think, what surprises me the most because there have been bad game launches before, and in most cases, a lot of those games recover, right? The game gets fixed, you have ongoing but, uh, patches see, that but happen. That's the, but that's the main thing there, is that the games 
can get fixed nowadays. And that yeah. was, you know, when you come out with a bad game, you could patch it through. But if the development team is in such low morale, is in, in is such a bad yeah. spot, that game can't get fixed. And in fact, that's exactly what's going on with WWE 2K20. Many patches, I think now two patches have been issued for WWE. And it's still not fixed. And it's still not fixed. Oh, that's one, a development problem for sure. One of the patches stated that hair had been fixed. Specifically, just in general, just hair. And then when users went to go find where the hair had been supposedly fixed, the only thing that they could find is one wrestler's entrance where the hair glitch had been fixed. And that's it. So a lot of the updates that are rolling out for WWE 2K20 are woefully inadequate for fixing the amount of problems that exist in this game. Yeah, and that's the part of what I'm saying is that you, the whole paradigm has, has been shifted and allows developers to go in and, and fix these things. But I think also hearing this kind of stuff and hearing, you know, the toxic environments that a lot of developers are going through, as we know, this game was something that had changed development hands yes. uh, for this, this year's iteration of WWE. And if that environment is not positive, if they didn't feel supported, it comes through in the actual product and we see it we see that this game was not made by people who wanted to make that game here's the most insane factoid i have from this story Ukes, one of the developers that had co-developed wwe the entire series all the way up to 2k19 exited the series at 2k19 okay now this is your your first big hint but the big thing about this is is that 2k got access and permission to use every single digital asset that had been developed up until that point. So why does everything look downscale to generation? That's my question. That's my question. Why does it all look so bad? But this brings even even a bigger question. When a game releases in this state, does a developer have the duty, have the responsibility to their audience to go out and through patches fix the problem? Unequivocally, yes. Uh, Electronic Arts doesn't think so. But that see, but that's the problem is that too many developers don't. And I can't necessarily just put that at the foot of EA wholly. Because when I they can. got no, because when they got the pressure put on them from Battlefront and the loot boxes and the microtransactions, that, that was there, only because they went it, in no, and no, changed no. It. that was only because it hadn't come out yet and they yeah. didn't get their first payday. What happened with Andromeda and its DLC? Oh, that game died. Nothing. Yeah, they that just game shot. Died. What happened with Anthem after No, they it fixed the glitches. They just didn't put in the DLC. So they didn't continue support for the game. Same right. thing with but Anthem the point, now. But the point is, is that did they fix what was broken? Technically, yes. But it de- it behooves developers to go in and do that because if people are going to pay $60 for a game when a lot of games may not warrant $60 worth of investment, especially smaller experiences, it behooves you to go in and fix your glitches, period. But, but take a game like No Man's Sky who actually did commit to doing that after they got held over the... the, the That's uh, they were facing lawsuits they, yeah, because feet, it was false advertising. Their feet were literally in the fire and they went back to the drawing board and fixed a lot of the issues that they had to now whether you want to say that that was to avoid getting into some legal hot water or whether they were trying to actually deliver on their original vision i'll let that to be the listeners to decide but 
this does have precedence, and this does exist elsewhere in the gaming uh, in the gaming development community. But listen, we want to hear from you. What is your take on the catastrophe that is WWE 2K20? Did you buy it? Do you hate it? Do you love it? Or, or is everyone out there crazy and wrong? Still ahead on Checkpoint XP, we're going to talk about some of the big roster madness changes that have rocked the Overwatch League as well as the LCS. Stick around those conversations still ahead here on Checkpoint XP, but ahead next, we'll check in with Robbie over at the Checkpoint News Desk. Checkpoint XP, esports and gaming radio. This is Checkpoint XP, esports and gaming radio. CheckpointXP.com. The latest esports news is right here on Checkpoint XP. Welcome back. I want to thank everyone listening on Fox Sports 1350 AM in Riverside, San Bernardino, as well as CBS Sports Radio 1450 in Reno, Nevada. Still ahead on Checkpoint XP, we're going to check out some of the top trades in Overwatch League as well as League of Legends. We're going to check out who nailed it and failed it. Plus, we've got a brand new game. Could you guess the video game if all you had to go on was a sound effect? Those conversations still ahead here on Checkpoint XP. But first... Astralis was the first team to earn the Intel Grand Slam when it was introduced in 2018, and now the world champion CSGO team are aiming for another first. Operating as a media company, Astralis is set to offer the first esports team IPO on December 9th. Mm. Astralis' group chief executive officer, Nikolaj Nyholm, said he understands that some people may be hesitant about investing in esports. Bloomberg quoted him saying, In this respect, it is also our responsibility to help educate the market through a continuous high level of information. This is really interesting. No, it's super interesting, especially considering the fact that not many professional traditional sports teams are publicly traded. Yeah. Most of them are soccer teams or basketball <laughs> teams. Right. Um, but I think this is really interesting, especially based off the quote saying that, you know, it's about the information and by being a publicly traded company, you will have to be a lot more uh, you know, open with what's going on and transparent yeah. what's going on with your organization. So I, I think it's a step in the right direction. I'm just not sure if Astralis is the team I would have thought that would be doing it first. I, that was the thing that really kind of threw up, not warning signs or anything, but just like, huh? Really? Yeah. Astralis? It's an interesting move, and I agree that, you know, a little bit more transparency should give, you know, some of those people who are looking at esports as a good investment some more of an idea of what to expect when they dip their toe in. Uh, but I agree with you that Astralis does seem like a weird pairing. 2019 may have been a quiet year for PUBG, but they're looking to make some noise in 2020. Tencent announced a $5 million prize pool for the PUBG mobile esports scene. They may be taking a page from Fortnite's book as they look to give players of all skill levels a chance at competing. I don't know how I feel about this, to be honest with you. When Fortnite did it, they threw something galling like $100 million yeah. 
at their entire esports scene. Five million dollars to just as in terms of a prize pool. Well, it's less about the prize pool and their their PUBG uh, Mobile World League that's going to be running alongside the Mobile Club Open. They said that the format for the next year is going to be made in such a way that amateur, semi-pro, and pro players alike can all get a feel of competing at the highest. I just level. don't know who's going to watch it. Like there was uh, there was yeah. less than five thousand people watching PUBG proper. Do you think more people are going to tune in for mobile? No. After releasing their entire Counter-Strike Global Offensive roster a few months ago, the Renegades are back with a new lineup. The Renegades are excited to announce their return to the Counter-Strike Global Offensive scene with the following acquisition of Christopher Dexter Nong, uh, Oliver Dick Stacy Tierney, Liam Malta... Liam Malta Shremby, Simon Sicko Williams, and Joshua INS Potter from Greyhound Gaming. Our own Joe Sloan got to talk with Dexter about how they decided to build out their new roster. So, a few years ago, I mean, Ninjas in Pajamas really kind of set the model that a lot of teams try to emulate this kind of, hey, we're going to assign a superstar, maybe two superstars, and then fill out the squad with whatever we can find. You guys are taking a very different approach, you know, finding a team that's been playing together, been working together, has good communication. Do you think long-term that's a better way to build a team? Um, personally, I reckon it, it does. Um, if people are able to actively know each other well and be able to talk to each other, talk through issues and all that, it makes everything a lot easier for the team to grow, essentially. I think that this is a really interesting way to go about it in acquiring an entire team as opposed to kind of piecemealing a team together through free agencies and whoever's available. It worked out for the Vancouver Titans in the Exa- Overwatch League, didn't it? That's exactly what I was thinking about, runaway fighting. Come on. The Washington Capitals are making esports history as they have become the first NHL team to sign professional esports player. Along with creation of Caps Gaming, they signed John John Wayne Casagranda to serve as their ambassador in the world of esports. Casagranda was the runner-up at the second annual NHL Gaming World Championship last June. Listen, I think this is really cool. I, I love the fact that you know traditional American sports franchises are branching out with you know gaming divisions. There's no need for you to do a full rebrand. There's no need to have this big, huge, separate entity. No, slap your logo on something and let them play under your name the overhead is literally nothing the capcom cup is on its way and qualifiers uh as from what i've uh, understood have been decided but i'm gonna go ahead and throw this on over to you norris yeah uh the the competition is absolutely stacked i mean you're gonna have victor punk woodley uh who's the point leader this season evo champion tokido Tokido! evo champion bonchan evo champion problem x capcom cup champion knuckle dude and capcom cup champion gotcha kun it is nuts there's so much talent in just those uh those you know five names right there that's awesome yeah Starting December 14th, the Tyler 1 Championship Series will make its return for the third year in a row. For those wondering why this is a big deal, Tyler 1 was the first and only person to ever receive a lifetime ban from Riot in League of Legends. I guess not. Insane levels of toxicity, (laughs) yes. However, in recent years, he's managed to rein it in, turn himself into more of a tolerable character, and win his way back into the good graces of Riot. It's just, it's amazing how far he's managed to come, given his history. I'll say this, you know, usually I I am completely against people rewarding bad behavior, but Tyler One actually has 
change quite a bit of how it's he used to behave. Rewarding the good behavior. And so yeah, and so you know when you see him out, he's nowhere near the ridiculous person he used to be. It's very tongue in cheek. Yeah. He makes fun of himself most of the mm-hmm. time. So I, I I think that's cool. That's all for the Checkpoint XP esports gaming update. For more, head on over to our website checkpointxp.com. Thanks, Robbie, for the update. One area of the mainstream that esports is still slowly making headway in is gambling. Not every state allows betting on esports. This past month, one more joined those that are, and that is New Jersey. That's right. The uh, the law for esports betting was actually passed in New Jersey back in June with uh, major restrictions on it being that you could only bet on uh, esports events where those participating were 18 and over. And uh, the first event that actually got the green light for people to bet on it was actually the League of Legends World Championship. Not surprising. Uh, Is that right? And the first bet that was ever placed in New Jersey was $100 on G2 taking it home. No! That, that was, that was going quick. Wow, oh, you poor, poor, yeah. poor oh, bastard. <laughs> <laughs> no, here's the thing, though, about esports betting that, you know, it, it, it concerns me, but it's also a good sign at the same time, right? Because it, it's a good thing knowing that there's going to be a lot of people, in my opinion, who naturally would not have been interested in esports yeah. that will take an interest in it because now it will be a vessel for them to express their gambling addiction. See, but, now, oh but here's God. the thing. But now I think it's it's also a scary thing because of said gambling addiction. But also now you're going to have a new cohort of people to get addicted to gambling. See, now here's the thing, though, is that I think millennials and especially Gen Z uh, have a very, re- a very different relationship to gambling. Yes, it's called poverty. <laughs> I mean, that's part of that's it. That's part of it. But actually, the gambling that we do is actually more through the games itself as opposed to on the games. It seems like esports betting specifically is something that's aimed at, you know, maybe Gen X. You know, sure. people that are a little bit older that would ha- that already have an interest in sports betting. I will say this, though, because I've never been one to gamble on, like, machines because I know that they're rigged against me, right? But when it comes to sports, I don't really know enough to put my you money buy on loot, the line. You buy loot boxes. I do, correct. But okay. when it comes to actually betting on esports teams, knowing that I have a little bit more context for the teams and what they're capable of, I might be a little bit more inclined to lay some money on uh, the line. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you the fallacy that, that, that you're actually enacting here. You think you know more than the other people who are betting on the game, and there's no evidence that you do. No, I'm just going to go and put all my money on Vancouver. Well, not this year, but last year I would have. <laughs> Listen, either way, is, is I think that the discussion and I think the concern is very real, but I, I do think that millennials are going to take more of a chance on gambling because of this. Now, it's not going to be in droves, obviously, but I do think more people will take a chance on gambling because of this. I, I don't I don't know. I, I just I don't see the casual betting, the casual gambling crowd. The looking. casual the casual sports fan doesn't bet on sports now. That's the people who love sports or have a gambling problem. Does this open it up so that it makes it betting or gambling by buying gambling products in games becomes more mainstream and acceptable as well? I think it could, but I think this is more so the one to one where you go to a sports book. See that th- and th- that's- place a bet. That's, that's the thing that's more likely to keep me from doing this. If I can't just do it from like the comfort of my own home or just go 
going out somewhere. Yeah. I'm not going to go out of my way to you know put a hundred bucks down the San Francisco yeah, shop. You, but I will say that's going to be a whole new avenue where you see Dafabet.com and Bet365, and you see that, and you can do it online. But that's a really important point. Most of this has to take place in a in a uh, establishment that is designed for betting and gambling. Mm-hmm. Doing this from the comfort of your of your bedroom or uh, on your couch is still something that needs to be worked through. The legality of that needs to be worked through. And I'm with you, Robbie. I just don't think that millennials or Gen Z find themselves at casinos the same way that boomers and Gen Xers did 10 years previous. But listen, we want to hear from you. Would you bet on esports? Make sure you connect with us on social media. That's Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter and Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram. And when you do, make sure you use the hashtag XP on air. Still ahead here on Checkpoint XP, I've got a question for you. Do you think you could guess the video game if you only heard one sound effect from it? Easily. That's what we're going to challenge ourselves to do here on the program. That's still ahead here on Checkpoint XP. But ahead next, we're going to take a look at some of the biggest trades in Overwatch League and League of Legends. Stick around. That's ahead next on Checkpoint XP. This is Checkpoint XP. Check out the latest esports and gaming news and opinions at CheckpointXP.com This is Checkpoint XP Esports and Gaming Radio CheckpointXP.com It's Roster Madness! For OWL and the LCS There's a lot of uh, trades going on We're going to tell you all the trades you need to know for the 2020 season right here on Checkpoint XP. I want to thank everyone listening out in Indiana on 1220 and 97.9 WSLM in Salem and WSBT 960 in South Bend. You've been asking for it and it's finally here. Checkpoint XP merch is officially available. We've got shirts, hats, hoodies, and mugs for Checkpoint XP. The other identity and low team damage. Plus, we've got a brand new shirt and hoodie that's available for a limited time this holiday season. Check it out over at CheckpointXP.com slash shop. The OWL has been on fire with a lot of trades recently, a lot of talent going to a lot of different teams. Robbie and Norris are OWL experts in the studio with me, and i got to ask you guys, what are some of the biggest trades that we've seen so far in this offseason? Well, I think one of the most recent ones was seeing legendary support Ryu Jehong leave the Seoul Dynasty, and we found out that he finally got picked up by the Vancouver Titans, which they don't know that he could have went to a better team. The only big concern that I have is that they also dropped both of their tanks and picked up formerly retired Fissure, who is now this is now his fourth team that he's been through. And I coming out of retirement, it. yeah, yeah, a grand total of what four months in retirement. <laughs> here's the here's the thing about Fissure. Fissure has had a lot of. Uh, or had a bad reputation, if you He's will, a to be child. A, a bit of a problem. That's a good word for mm-hmm. it. A bit of a problem child. And now going to the Vancouver Titans, which is a all Korean roster, which he said that was his big issue also playing Seoul for Los Angeles. 
but so was Soul Dynasty. So there seems to be, you know, a lot of excuses coming from a guy like Fisher, but we will see if a championship caliber team will have him rise to that level. The real tank to watch out for is former NYXL uh, Mecco just got traded to the Houston Outlaws, which Ooh. I think is a great move. I mean, Muma's already their main tank, which I, you know, you know is, is, is a great one as well. But with the home and away season coming, you're going to need to be able to swap back and forth between potential tanks. And I think Mecco was a great I, I'm going to push back on that. I think the better pickup uh, for Houston was Harshabandi as, well, as head coach. Obviously. I mean, I know it's not a trait per se, but I think that is just as important, if not more important. I mean, they've got like, a lot of great uh, pickups. Hydration as well. That's right. Uh, Gamsu going to the Dallas field was one that nobody saw coming, but I think the fact that he's been teamed up with Note again. And the better tank Oh, yeah, no, opinion. Dallas is going to look really great in the tank line. And then finally, I wanted to highlight Bishu is going back to the Gladiators. I think they're really going to need him. The fact that they lost so much of what their core mm-hmm. roster was, having a familiar face on the team is going to be a big boon for the Gladiators. So at this point in the offseason, what are the teams that you're just based off of the roster changes? Who are the teams that you're looking at in the 2020 uh, season? I, yeah, you definitely got to say Houston now. You definitely got to say Toronto Defiant because yep. they picked up like 80,000 people. And you also, in my opinion, have to look out for the Los Angeles Gladiators. I'm going to say yes to all those as well. All right. Well, we're going to take a look at the LCS trades uh, here in just a minute. But it's time for Nailed It and Failed It. You know who this is. From the high highs to the low lows. Turn it up. On Checkpoint XP Radio. This week, we start off with Nailed It. An Apex Legends player made an impossible shot with the least likely weapon. Mikey skates and his team dropping up from up on high to push on a team. And Mikey, playing Bangalore, shot his smoke grenade to cover their approach. Two other squads left. Eliminated. No way. No way is right because that smoke grenade actually managed to connect with one of the enemy players dealing 11 damage, but it was enough to make the kill. Stick around because next hour we'll find out who failed it and as always, find nailed it and failed it over at our website, checkpointxp.com. Don't go, go. AFK on us. Follow, follow us online. At CheckpointXP.com. All right, now to take a look at the LCS. And uh, obviously, we've got Norris here in the seat. But joining us. Oh my God! It's Joe! <laughs> yeah! Oh man, you leave the show, you get to come back with entrance music. That's, That's some right. BS. I want entrance music. You don't get entrance music. You get to be here every single week. Now we've got Joe joining us to talk about some of the biggest trades over on the LCS side of things. Yeah, and in League of Legends, it really does start and end with uh, Cloud9 this year. Yeah. Uh, I mean, the big moves that we've seen with them, they've lost Sneaky. He's announced that he's going to be doing something else. What we don't really more know. More cosplay. I would imagine more cosplay because that's, uh, from what I can tell, what where more people know him from. Uh, and he's really, really good at it. So, yeah, so more good at it, fine. yes. Uh, uh, they've picked up Sven from uh, Team Solo Mid to replace Sneaky in the bot lane. Uh, they also lost two other big players, though, Sven Skarin and Zazel, heading over to Evil Geniuses. MVP Sven Skarin. Yeah, the summer split MVP leaving Cloud9 and going to Evil Geniuses. I, C9 is going to be a vastly different-looking team uh, come the 2020 season. Yeah. Uh, looking at 100 Thieves, Afromu. Uh, he had to, uh, or he announced that he's going to be leaving uh, the team shortly. 
I don't. I think it makes a lot of sense. I don't think Ephraim was really getting it done on Hundred Thieves. Hundred so. Thieves needed a new look. I mean, they were by far one of the more disappointing stories out of the summer split, considering really the whole season, considering how their 2018 went. So I, I hope to see them be a little bit more competitive. They but can't do any worse, right? I mean, yeah, they can. Oh, well, but <laughs> on that note, they do pick up Cody's son. Yes. Uh, which oh, is that's a, great, a big pickup. Great pickup for them. I'm really excited to see how uh, he's going to be performing in the bottom lane. I want to talk to you for a minute about Broxa going to Team Liquid. So he's coming out of the European region to go to Team Liquid, replacing X Smithy uh, on that roster. X Smithy, the only player to not win the MVP for his spot. Uh, last summer, which I thought was eh, kind of crap. I thought he probably deserved yeah. it. Um, I don't think Brox is a very big improvement over X Smithy. I think he is an improvement. I think he's a little bit better, but that's not really a, uh, one that moves the denim for me. Well, and I don't think the issue uh, in particular with Team Liquid and how they perform internationally is the jungle per se. I think it's a part of it, but I think front to back, I mean, Team Liquid may have to be a team that really just looks at how they're performing and. Really, the most disappointing player was Jensen. And Jensen was supposed to be the answer for them in mid lane, and he was the most disappointing player by far at Worlds. You know, and that's kind of my opinion about free agency in League of Legends this year is we saw the super team last year. We saw supposedly the best North America could possibly have to offer in Team Liquid last year, and it wasn't enough to get it done. So as much fun as it is to watch free agency, don't we need to start looking towards the next generation of talent? What is the feeder system for League of Legends? Where are you bringing talent up from? Where would you even see talent that would be able to be brought into the LCS? So this is where I said it starts and ends with Cloud9. I think Cloud9 has something they get to really hang their hat on. Uh, A few years ago when every team founded their academy roster, most of them went okay. Cloud9's academy team... All five players on that roster now have starting gigs in the LCS this coming 2020 season. So if there is a model to follow to, for how to scout and bring up young talent, look no further than Cloud9. Cloud9 might be in the best position to go back to the drawing board and to just have a complete year where they're doing a whole rebuild of their entire squad and maybe... That's where we start seeing some new blood in there. All right, well, listen, we want to hear from you. Are you excited for the 2020 season of LCS and OWL? Tell us why. Connect with us on social media. That's Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter and Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram. And when you do, make sure you use the hashtag XP on air. Still ahead on Checkpoint XP, we'll check in with Robbie over at the Checkpoint News Desk and get a gaming news update. That's ahead in the next hour of Checkpoint XP. But ahead next, we've got a game that Weirdbeard has brought to us. We're going to see if we can guess the video game just by hearing its sound effects. Stick around. That's ahead next on Checkpoint XP. Hey, this is Joe with the Checkpoint XP Save the Date calendar, letting you know about the latest esports competitions to look forward to in the coming weeks. The major esports leagues are currently on break, but they'll be back in early 2020. Call of Duty League is set to debut on January 24th, while the Overwatch League returns on February the 8th. December will play host to the Capcom Cup, bringing the world's best Street Fighter players together. That event will run from December 13th through the 15th in Los Angeles. December 13th through the 15th will also play host to the DreamHack Open in Sevilla, welcoming CSGO players from around the world. Wrapping up the esports year will be Epicenter 2019 in Moscow. That'll be running from December 17th through the 22nd. As we get into the new year, Dota 2 will welcome us back off the holiday break with DreamHack League Season 13 running from January 18th through the 26th. And Battle Royales are actually on an extended holiday break. They'll be returning to action with DreamHack Anaheim. That starts in mid-February. 
That's it for the Checkpoint XP Save the Date calendar. And remember, for all the latest in the world of esports, check out our website. That's over at CheckpointXP.com. This is Checkpoint XP. Esports and gaming radio. CheckpointXP.com. Could you guess the game if all you had to go off was one little sound effect? You're listening to Checkpoint XP, your home for esports and gaming. Want to thank everyone listening out in Colorado on ESPN Denver 1600, 104.3 The Fan, as well as Extra Sports 1300 in Colorado Springs. You've been asking for it, and it's finally here. Checkpoint XP merch is officially available. We've got shirts, hats, hoodies, and mugs for Checkpoint XP, the other identity, and low team damage. Plus, We've got a brand new shirt and hoodie that's available for a limited time this holiday season. Check it out over at CheckpointXP.com slash shop. Weird Beard's joining us for this segment because he's brought us a game to play. Weird Beard, how do we play? Well, here's the thing. You guys have uh, been slacking a little bit with the holidays here. I'm sorry, what? And you took a few days off of gaming. So I'm going to make sure that you still know something about video games. So what we're going to be doing is we're going to be playing a sound effect from multiple different games. They are kind of short, so you have to pay attention. Uh, It's a point for if you can guess the game. Bonus point if you can tell me what the sound effect is specifically. All right. I, while I don't, while I don't like your implication that the holidays means that we're taking a break from gaming. All right, I will humor you. Let's play. All right. First sound effect. Here we go. Remember, they are short. You are able to buzz in by saying your name. Norris. Norris. That is Link. What game? Uh, Ocarina of Time. Correct. Bonus oh. point opportunity. Uh, sword swing. Two points for Norris. Wow. Right out of the gate. I'm impressed. Quiz number two. I'm going to play it one more time. Robbie. Robbie. Come from Metroid? Bruh. I'm sorry, that's incorrect. Norris. Norris. Uh, Mega Man. Correct. Oh. Bonus point time? Regular blaster shot. Correct. Norris in the lead with four points to zero. I picked the wrong person with a cannon on their hand. (laughs) (laughs) All right, here we go. Number three. One more time. Robbie. Robbie, ooh. Sonic. Incorrect. Norris. Norris. Tony Hawk's Pro Skater when you do a special move. You get one point. It's when you collect a secret mixtape is actually. However, you're still in the lead with five points. This is really, this is legitimately (laughs) hard. It is is not hard. (laughs) It is not hard at all. All right. Number four. Come on, guys. Stop it. Norris. Norris. Pokemon. Pokemon what? First gen. Okay. Uh, Bonus point. When you level up. Correct. Norris with really? a runaway 7 I, to zero, my, zero. my mind recognizes all of these, but it can't find like the connections to connect I even, them. I even gave you Slobies a chance to get that one. <laughs> like, I, I, like, I recognize it, but then, I yeah, like, it takes me a minute to figure out where it's from. And by the time he's answered, I'm still looking for the answer. You know what it is? He's the youngest out of us. We're too old. Our memories are deteriorating. I'm older than you. <laughs> all right. Well, here's another one. Let's Wait, see. no, I'm no. not. You're not. <laughs> Honestly, I just want you guys to get on the board. Here is your fifth clue. <laughs> what? We're going to play this one more time. <laughs> this is a very popular game. 
I legitimately like now? Have, I have no idea. I'm I not going to I have it. no idea either. I don't know. Go ahead. I have no idea. I don't idea. know. You guys can't beat me at Can you just point. take a guess? No. <laughs> I've never heard that in my again, life. Play it again, please. One more time. <laughs> no, what is that? This is Angry Birds, the idle animation. Oh, my God. Oh. <laughs> I've never picked up an Angry Birds game in my life. That explains it. This is Checkpoint XP, eSports and gaming radio. Are you interested in a brand new Razer gaming chair? Because Checkpoint XP is giving one away. Head on over to our website, CheckpointXP.com, and let us know what your favorites of the year are. You'll be entered in to win a Razer gaming chair from Checkpoint XP, and December 17th is your last day to enter. Need to stay up to date. I need that. Head to CheckpointXP.com for the latest in esports and gaming news. All right. I got to talk about something that's grinding my gears a little bit. Uh, Netflix announced just ahead of Thanksgiving, which is especially devastating for fans of Mystery Science Theater 3000, that Mystery Science Theater 3000 was not going to be <gasps> renewed for a 13th oh, no. season. Poor you and the other 50 people who still Whoa, watch that. 50. That's, that's being a little generous. Oh, All right. stop yeah, it. Right. Stop it. This is especially disappointing because Mystery Science Theater 3000 3,000 fans will know that every year is the MST3K Turkey Day Marathon. Of course, the announcement ahead, uh, just ahead of the Thanksgiving Day weekend. And, and you know, that's that really bothers me because I really feel like Netflix is abandoning some really good critical series before they have time to really find a new audience. Well, at least in the case of MST3K, uh, you know, it can still exist in the form of uh, riff tracks, right? I get where you're coming from because there have been a lot of shows that I think you know, the, the, the voice that they give to certain creators or to certain demographics is absolutely necessary. I'm, of course, thinking of the show uh, Sense8, which had two seasons and then got completely axed because it was too expensive to film. Which, granted, they were filming it in eight different countries with all the actors. I get it. But they also could have slashed their budget by just doing it in four different countries with, with the actors. Right? Now, now listen, uh, this does come with a bit of a caveat to say that, listen, you know, uh, video media in general, the medium of video has never been as healthy as it is today. That's fair. If your project gets canceled, there are more outlets than ever that could possibly end up picking it up, including taking it to Kickstarter like Mystery Science Theater 3000 originally did to be able to make the budget of your show. Yeah, that's what happened with Lucifer. It was on Fox and then it got picked up by Netflix for its final season. So, I mean, this two, happens... Actually, I think it got two seasons Yeah, two on seasons. Netflix. Excuse me, you're correct. Um, but the thing is, is something like Mystery Science, you know, whatever it is, <laughs> is, is, you know, it's like it's been around since the beginning of time. So, like, if it goes away, somebody like me, I don't care. I'm much more, you know, I, I feel much more for the person like Robbie and Sensei, a, a new IP that was something that was taking a chance sure. and giving a voice or maybe a job to actors that we don't see often or directors that we don't see mm-hmm. often. And, you know, they just don't get renewed. That, to me, is much, much more of a tragedy 
tragedy Same than some yeah. old show that we've watched for 30 years that nobody wants to watch anymore. Uh, the OA was another show on Netflix. Mm-hmm. That's one of those just really out there strange shows that you don't see a lot of stuff like that. And I think obviously probably because that it doesn't get the traction that, that it probably Weird deserves. Beer wants to speak. If you're able to bring back one show from the dead that has been canceled, what are you bringing back? Sensei, easily. 100%. Oh, man. Street Sharks. <laughs> Wait, wait, you're going to criticize him for wait, old yeah, yeah, shows yeah, that wait, don't deserve what? another chance? You're going to pick Street Sharks? I'd rather watch Street Sharks than Mystery Science Theater. I mean, me I'm, too. I'm but... sorry. Wait, a show that had the worst key animation you've ever seen in a deep Saturday morning you cartoon? Wanna, you want to bring back uh, 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 X-Men animated series from the 90s? Nah, it lived, it died. Gargoyle. So did Street Sharks. No, I would even. <laughs> Street Sharks did. I, I would even. I would even argue that Street Sharks didn't even live. It just died. <laughs> now listen, I am not as uh, upset about the MST3K cancellation as maybe some fans are out there. I'm not really that disappointed. I'm more disappointed because the new cast, the new cast oh, members, that's fair. really didn't True get that. a find. Uh, didn't find uh, their footing in uh, in this reiteration. Of mystery science bring back Samurai Pizza Cats. That's the no. show I'd bring back. Stop it! Stop. What's wrong with stop you? Stop reviving Deke Saturday morning cartoons. It's a great cartoon. All right, listen. We want to hear from you on this. If you could revive one dead show, one canceled show throughout all of TV history, which show would it be? Connect with us on social media. That's Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter, and Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram. And when you do, make sure you use the hashtag XP on air coming up in the next hour of checkpoint xp uh how do you play arcade games like what do you find one arcade cabinet and that's the one you lock into or are you just going and spending your your quarters all around the joint plus we're gonna go through the top 25 video game characters of the decade those conversations still ahead here on checkpoint xp but ahead next we'll check in with robbie over at the checkpoint news desk you'll never guess what character you can play as in Super Mario Maker 2. Gaming news is next here on Checkpoint XP. Ready, set, go! Welcome into Checkpoint XP Esports and Gaming Radio. A complete look at all things esports and gaming. A production of Beasley Esports XP. Hey, welcome back to another hour of Checkpoint XP, your home for esports and gaming. Coming up this hour on Checkpoint XP, what type of arcade gamer are you? Plus, we got to check out who failed it this hour and... We're going to go to Dork Court. Those conversations ahead here this hour on Checkpoint XP. But first, gaming news update. Ladies and gentlemen, we interrupt this program to bring you important news. Super Mario Maker 2, a game on the Switch that allows you to create and run your own custom Mario levels, has a great update coming this weekend. The update adds more enemies, block types, and power-ups to your toolkit, including... The Master Sword power-up. Oh my god. Using this will turn Mario into Link from The Legend of Zelda Link's Awakening, and as such, you get access to all of his powers, including bombs, bows and arrows, his shield, and his sword. Mario Maker is, like, one of my top games of, like, watching that I never, ever, ever, ever want to play. Oh, no, I, I don't think I could ever actually sit down and make something, and seeing the levels that people make are so ridiculously hard, I don't think I could ever do it either. Mm-hmm. 
But this idea, this is actually kind of really cool, and I'm really into it. Speaking as someone who, in the last two games that I committed any amount of serious time to, I got sucked into the customization and the, you know, like the the very oddly specific parts Mm -hmm. that you can customize. I feel like if I got into Mario Maker, oh, you'd never see me again. Oh, you know, I might... come up with the most intricate, interesting Mario levels ever. But it, it, I would come out looking like the Unabomber. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> I, w- I won't. I will have not seen Sun in like three years. A streamer by the name of Andrew Giant Waffle Bodine set a new world record this past week. The record was for the most time streamed in a month playing video games. Giant Waffle streamed for 572 hours over a 30-day period. Oh that required a 19-hour stream every day for a month straight. During this time, viewers watched a total of 3 million hours of oh his stream, God. and he racked up over 10,000 subscribers. He also added 10,000 years to his life. <laughs> this this, this is insane. He actually, he actually trained for several months leading up to this, like trained his body to survive on just like what? Like four hours of sleep or whatever it is. At least it wasn't 572 consecutive hours because that would have been been impossible. No, he did literally die. Yeah, he would have gone insane. You start hallucinating after a while without sleep. But, I mean, this is an impressive feat. Don't get it twisted. I'm not trying to to downplay it at all. This is a very impressive feat. Streaming 19 hours a day. That's insane. On Thanksgiving Day, it's tradition in some households to watch the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade or maybe you tune into a football game of your choice. But some unlucky Star Wars fans who watch TV this Thanksgiving got an unexpected surprise. The new Star Wars game Jedi Fallen Order aired a TV spot that spoiled one of the biggest surprises to the ending of the game. Now, we're not... (laughs) What? We're not going to be so careless here, but our producer Joe said that it was the best part of the game and that had it been spoiled for him, he would have been livid. How? EA can't catch a break. How how does this keep happening? To give you an example, you remember at the end of Rogue One, spoiler alert, you have that great scene where Darth Vader comes onto the scene and just cuts his way. That was amazing. Yeah. Imagine you had known that that was coming. I would've, it would have taken the impact out of it. It really would have. You might have hated the movie. And and here's the thing is that I listen, I understand that people who make trailers and commercials are given a, a set of media and they're like build from these blocks. And they generally do and they do a fairly good job. This was a bungling of that job, oh, yeah. it, unlike I've ever seen ever. And I heard a lot of people saying that, oh, you know, the people who make the trailers are not the people who work for the, you know, in game some company. Cases, in yeah. some cases, this is squarely at the game company. You gave them the material that they have to work for. Just oh, that's take fair. out the spoiler. Mm-hmm. It's not that complicated. In an attempt to remove politics from our games, oh, the boy. popular card game Uno is removing red and blue cards from their decks. Grow up! What? Brand Grow up! As Uno nonpartisan, the game makers have replaced the red and blue cards with purple and orange to make sure this family-friendly game stays okay. family-friendly. This is All right. stupid. Okay, listen, I know that we just got to the other side of Thanksgiving, <laughs> right? I know that probably some of you listening out there had some awkward conversations with relatives over, you know, some turkey. Okay? When was the last time that it devolved into a political discussion based on the color of your Uno card? Yeah, everyone knows that the real family-friendly fun stops when you drop a draw four on something. Exactly! Change the draw four. But listen, stop being cowards, man. 
Red gang, blue gang, it don't matter. Stop being cowards. All right? Talk about what you're going to talk about. And Uno, y'all are the cowardliest of the cowards by taking this out. Because they have no dog in the fight. It, it makes no There sense. is nothing political about Uno at all. You know all. what? I'm going to take a pack of the nonpartisan cars and I'm going to burn them. That's what I'm going to do. Great. I am the best Uno player that has ever played Uno before. I, I suggest we rename it to one. <laughs> All right. America All right. first. Let's try and keep this. <laughs> All right. Let's try and keep this next one PG if possible, but you'll never guess who has their own private Minecraft server now. Do we have any guesses here? Do, oh, we actually get to guess? Go, go for it. I don't know. So a state, like an actual state. My, my middle school. It's the Vatican. Oh, oh no. In September, oh, no, no. Father Robert Balliser, a former tech blogger and the host of the Weekend Tech, as well as a Catholic priest, uh, asked his Twitter follower what game he should spin up servers for in the Vatican. Uh, the options were between uh. Minecraft, Rust Ark, and Team Fortress 2, and 64% voted for Minecraft. It I've- did not last long, though. As they were almost immediately DDoS attacks. <laughs> okay, okay. Of course. Okay, fa- Father Father Robert, let me tell you this right now. You did not think this one through. No. The saga of Star Citizen. Oh, the crowdfunded forever and early oh. access game that will likely never come out, but keep finding ways to sell its game piece by piece to people has hit a new milestone. Oh, no. Since the original crowdfunding campaign started in October of 2012, where they initially raised $2 million, the game has now raised over $250 million, $9 million of which was raised just in this last month of November alone. They're Strongest month of crowdfunding yet. There, there have been more people that have invested in Star Citizen than have invested in the infrastructure of the city of Flint. <laughs> oh, like, no. That, oh, like, Morris. come on, it's bro. True. Like, let's be reality You, you here. realize that $250 million, that's about how much it costs to make Grand Theft Auto V. Which has made its money back in Spain. Oh, in billions. In In billions. The hilarious part about this is that it will never produce an actual game. Because if I'm the developer, why put out a game? I'm still making money. You can bilk people on the promise of a game. As much money as they've ever made. Uh, But that's all for the Checkpoint XP Gaming Update. For more, head on over to our website, CheckpointXP.com. Thanks, Robbie, for the update. Apple has announced that its most downloaded game this year is Mario Kart, and absolutely no one was surprised. (laughs) That's right. So uh, Apple held its annual celebration of the best and most downloaded games and apps uh, uh, across all of its platforms. And yeah, to no one's surprise, Mario Kart is right at the top of that list. Uh, Call of Duty Mobile came in at number four, and that's for the top free charts. A few of the other uh, games on there I've never heard of. Uh, Color Bump 3D, Aqua Park, <laughs> Bit Life, the Aqua number one life Park? simulator. Uh, and Fortnite is actually on that list as well, but underneath Call of Duty Mobile. Interesting. Right? I, I'm so fascinated by Aqua Park. I, I need to understand what this game is. It's, it's a water slide game. Oh, oh, okay. So, I, so I, I was, I mean, I was it's ama- like Temple Run, but with a water slide. Uh, look, I haven't played it myself, but I assume what it looks, you know, because it says best, by the way, the best water slide game. <laughs> 
I kind of actually picture more like Roller Coaster Tycoon, but with water slides. No, that, first of all, that's stupid. It needs to be temple How is run. That that's stupid. Because there's only so much customization you can make on a water slide. You need gravity. What, like what, 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 what's the what's the other better idea for a water slide based game? One where you get to be the person on the water slide. Yeah, and you collect. And you co- yeah, it's VR. You collect coins. No, no, not even in <laughs> VR does that sound yeah, fun. It's great. Oh, that sounds just sad and lonely. Looking over at the top paid charts, uh, no surprise. What's dominating that at number one still? Minecraft. Duh. Yeah, that makes sense. Uh, other ones on here. Uh, Stardew Valley actually comes in at about number seven. That's cool. Uh, Plague Inc. is on there, which is a good game. What? Plague yeah. is still around? Number three. So do you think that this is going to be evidence that big video game studios are going to develop more for mobile? Or do you just see the... Uh, intellectual properties, the titles being deployed in a mobile sense so that they can just reap uh, you know, all the money off the name. I, I think so. I think you're seeing, you're going to see the IPs of which, you know, your Final Fantasies and a bunch of other series have already done. They've already co-opted the, the mobile space very heavily. And so when we think about Japan and China and other markets in Asia where mobile gaming makes goo gobs of money. Sure. B- you know, millions of billions more than it makes over here in the States. I think they're looking at it from that angle of we take these IPs that are big in the West, we port them over to mobile for the East, and we make a ton of money. See, but what I would like to see more of is more honest and earnest development of an actual game that lives on a mobile platform, as opposed to, let's take our popular franchise title, slap that on whatever we're making, and then figure out our microtransactions that's going to make all of our money back, and then some. I would like to see a focus on the gameplay first and then figuring out how to monetize it afterwards. Well, and what that actually uh, gets me taking a second look at is Apple Arcade. I know that we you know, we kind of scoffed at it when it first came out, but looking at some of the stuff being developed for it and looking at the fact that you know Minecraft, Stardew Valley, Call of Duty are getting these top spots, I mean, I'm not an Apple user, but you know they have games like uh, Oceanhorn, which is like a spiritual sort of uh, uh, successor to the Zelda-type games. I think that could actually end up taking off. You got a real good point there, Robbie. But listen, we want to hear from you. Do you think mobile games could see their own coming of age, I guess? Uh, you know, maturing into actual respectable games, or are they just going to be a way to bilk you out of your, uh, your paycheck? Connect with us on social media. That's Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter. And Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram. And when you do, make sure you use the hashtag XP on air. Still ahead on Checkpoint XP, The Witcher is coming to Netflix. And that's a pretty big deal. We're going to break that down ahead next on Checkpoint XP. This is Checkpoint XP. Esports and gaming radio. CheckpointXP.com. What type of arcade gamer are you? Welcome back to Checkpoint XP, your home for esports and gaming. I want to thank everyone listening on 98.5, the sports hub of Boston, as well as the Team 980 in Washington, D.C. Check out our website over at CheckpointXP.com. And while you're there, make sure you sign up for the Checkpoint XP Nation newsletter. Get behind-the-scenes insight, photos, and access to contests and unique content. All it takes is an email address and a zip code. So sign up today over at Checkpoint XP xp.com 
We just got out of the uh, Thanksgiving holiday weekend. I know I enjoyed my holiday weekend. I was sick for about half of it, <laughs> but uh, I was able to enjoy the other half. Norris, what did you do? Uh, I went out of town, went to my girlfriend's family, but it was pretty chill, man. None special. Robbie, what about you? I'm actually in the same boat as you are, man. I was sick for most of it. Uh, just trying to recover. Yeah, got some family Lots time Lots of orange in. juice. Yeah, but you actually use the sickness as, as a you know way to get out of the family time. Clever. You yeah. and me. Yeah. Smart. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. smart. But Rick, you and I, we were talking about uh, what you were doing over the uh, holiday break, and it actually kind of knocked an idea loose. Yeah, so I actually spent uh, quite a bit of time at a Dave & Buster's in South Carolina. So why? first my God, why? first question, why? why? Uh, because I like playing arcade games, and I uh-huh. think that's what started all this. I went with my girlfriend and I, and we discovered that there's two, t- there's two kinds of players for arcade games. There's either somebody who, like my girlfriend, takes all their tokens and they go and play a spattering of as many different games as they can, whether they're good at them or not. They just like having a good time. Sure, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then there's somebody like me who takes all of my tokens, I put them in a cup, and I go sit in like one machine, House of the Dead, Time Crisis 3, whatever I'm going to play, and that's what I play. I go so, there to play games. So you have the 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 retired geriatric cigarette old lady <laughs> in Vegas sort of strategy when it goes when it comes to the arcade. Correct, that's my machine. Don't you dare touch it. <laughs> so, well, but wait a minute. But part of the fun and the communal uh, enjoyment of the arcade is that like everyone gets a chance at the machine. Like if you're sitting in front of the, you know, House of the Dead machine for two and a half hours. When's Timmy get his first Exactly. All, no, first of all, that is a lie. When you go to the arcade, it's about I am getting the longest game for this quarter as I am possibly getting. Flat out. That's my machine. Then you're playing put, Gauntlet. No, I'm not playing Gauntlet. I'm playing Street Fighter. All right, I'm getting my. I'm getting. Well, hold on, that doesn't make sense because when we were at Vegas last time, you played Street Fighter and only got about two fighters in before Chelsea. Because I handed you. First of all, is because I was not focused. Okay, he wasn't focused. I had to work. Uh I had to work. And it was a Street Fighter Two Dash machine, which means it has different properties. But I was rusty. From the high highs to the low lows. Turn it up. Who nailed it and who failed it? On Checkpoint XP Radio. And now it's time for Nailed It and Failed It. This week's Failed It goes out to the FGC, or the fighting game community. Not any game in particular, just the whole community. In a report from VentureBeat, multiple pros lamented the lack of investment and payouts in the scene. Evo, the FGC's greatest tournament, at times can sound like this. JDCR. Oh, he gets it. One more hit can do it. Oh, my God. I can't believe what I'm seeing. But some walk away with as little as $70, which will not cover the cost of even getting to Evo for most people. Do you know someone who nailed it? What about failed it? Make your submission over at our website, CheckpointXP.com. This is Checkpoint XP, eSports and Gaming Radio. All right, we've got to talk about a big story that we've been tracking here for what feels like years on Checkpoint XP. 
Uh, Riot is now paying out lawsuit money for a big lawsuit, a big discrimination lawsuit that they had experienced earlier in the year. To help us talk about this subject, we're going to bring in... God, he's back again. Twice in one show. Producer Joe joins us one more time. He is our resident uh, Riot Games and League of Legends expert. And you have been tracking the story really closely since it broke earlier last year. And this is to get some resolution here and to actually have Riot kind of coming out the other side looking like the good guy is pretty shocking. Yeah, I mean, looking like the good guy is a pretty subjective term. I mean, for those who don't know, this story started about 18 months ago when a a huge Kotaku expose happened, basically revealing that Riot was kind of deep in a bro culture and, you know, discrimination against women, all kinds of things you really don't want to have happening at your company. There was a a lot of uh, really bad conduct that was going yeah. on at the company. There were people and it, this is from the top down. Oh, from, from the, the highest levels down. of the company. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, and we heard reports of people that were, you know, had their personal space violated. Mm-hmm. We heard reports of people who, you know, and, and just kind of broy frat I jock mean, it, glass it, ceiling it, problems, yeah. th- everything. That, it, it gets really really bad exactly. when you read some of the the reports. And and on top of that, uh, the reason why this was brought forth is because initially, as Joe alluded to, the glass ceiling stuff, yes. where the biggest and probably the most heinous of it all is the fact that women at Riot felt like they were being uh, left behind. They were not. They're being passed up for promotions. Mm. And thus, in addition to all of the other vile conduct. This was uh, brought forth to a judge in in California. And in the interim, there were all kinds of demonstrations. I remember a walkout that happened at one point. There was everything. Yeah, there was a walkout. There was the company promising to do better, bringing in other... A uh, consultant. A consultant to help fix the culture. I forgot about this. There was the whole, uh, we're not going to uh, discuss things that are in arbitration right now. There was the forced arbitration, forcing your employees to uh, come to the table and basically bargain about this there was a lot and none of it looked real good and it kind of all just seemed to go under the radar for a little bit after i don't know for the last six eight months mm-hmm. until finally norris uh, I, it finally resolved itself in a huge class action payout yeah uh the class action the payout that riot is eventually going to have to disperse equals up to about 10 million dollars yeah uh female employees from riot between november 2014 and and essentially last you know last month uh aren't going to be entitled between $500 and $5,000 in uh, restitution baby and this is a great step in the right direction and and i mean i said you know riot kind of come out on the other side looking like the good guy and if you have an understanding of the way that courts work right. and the way that the legal system works this is not exactly their ideal outcome for the situation from the company's perspective but it does seem like they are reaping the benefits of the good PR that is coming out of this. I mean, they are, but at the same time, there's still a lot of uh, 
speculation as to what has changed fundamentally within the culture that was, of Riot. That was absolutely going to be my next question is, has the fundamental problem, has what brought these people to come forward in the first place, has that been rectified? From what we know, we know that there have been, you know, Trainings. There have been classes, you know, since because that always accomplishes so much. But unfortunately, some of the uh, alleged. Uh, I don't want to say abusers, but harassers uh, still work at the company, mm-hmm. uh, according to reports. And very little from a foundational point of view has changed in terms of personnel. And so I think this not only speaks to a greater issue in Riot, but also in gaming and in tech spaces where women continually feel ostracized and honestly unsafe in their workplaces. Yeah. One thing that we are seeing is uh, Riot has ended the forced arbitration practice, which was one of the big things that w- the the walkouts were staged over. It wasn't necessarily what had happened so far. It was the forced arbitration. Mm-hmm. Riot has ended that practice for all things going forward, which is nice. I actually wanted to read a quick statement from uh, another article from Kotaku by Cecilia De Anastasio. Uh, said she talked to a, a, a current employee that said it's difficult to heal and move on when we are faced with the reality that at the end of the day, Riot prefers to pay the women's still here for the trouble of continuing to work with alleged abusers. And that's a fair point. I mean, I think that's that's a fair point. At the end of the day, like, yes, it's a good thing that, um, you know, the legal system came into action and started working. But when you actually have some kind of knowledge of the kind of money that Riot ends up pulling in on a monthly basis, $10 million is not going to it's end a, up impacting their bottom line. It's a drop in the bucket, and unfortunately, it's one of those things where if the courts had not gotten involved because you have seen any substantive change being made, and I'm not necessarily convinced of that. I'm well, not so convinced that that would have happened. If you're out there worrying, oh, God, where's Riot going to find $10 million? First of all, you're a scumbag. <laughs> Second of all... They just got paid $113 million for the exclusive streaming rights in China for the World Championships for the next few years. Yeah, they're not worried about $10 million. Yeah, you can just take a little bit of that and just, you know, kind of apply it over here. But I know, listen, both Norris and Joe, both of you are huge fans of Riot. I know both of you play League of Legends uh, on a very regular basis. Does this make you feel any different about Riot than you did before? No. I don't worship any game developer as much as like that culture. We come out of it because they're all they all have their hands dirty somewhere. I buy your game if I like your product. And that's kind of where it stops for me. Does this start to bridge the gap that started to form when all of this news started to break? No, no, not doesn't even. I mean, I'm happy to not even a little bit. No, because to me, this is the courts doing what the courts are supposed to do. Evidence were presented. It was presented. It was strong. And they made a settlement. All right. Well, listen, we want to hear from you on this. Do you think that Riot has done enough to start to mend the wounds in the inside of their company? Connect with us on social media. That's Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter and Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram. And when you do, make sure you use the hashtag XP on air. The Witcher is headed to Netflix and we'll check out the top 25 characters of the decade. Stick around. That's ahead next on Checkpoint XP. Ready, set, go! The 
Welcome into Checkpoint XP Esports and Gaming Radio. A complete look at all things esports and gaming. A production of Beasley Esports XP. Here are your hosts, Nate Bender, Robbie Landis, Norris Howard. Checkpoint Read. The Witcher series is due out this month on Netflix, and man, I am so excited for this. Welcome back to Checkpoint XP, your home for esports and gaming. I want to thank everyone listening on CBS Sports Radio 1300 in Baltimore, as well as WCBT 1230 in Roanoke Rapids, North Carolina. For all the latest in college esports, make sure you check out Checkpoint XP on campus. Our own Norris Howard hosts alongside Jacob Brothers and Daniel Agbuya from the University of Las Vegas. They bring you all the biggest stories in collegiate esports from a perspective of the students who live and breathe it. Check it out over at our website, CheckpointXP.com, or look for Checkpoint XP on campus wherever you get your podcasts. The Witcher series is due out on Netflix on December 20th, my birthday. Oh, lucky you. I I know. Uh, There's a lot that's coming out. You've got Star Wars. You've got The Witcher. There's going to be so much to watch around that time. But listen, people are saying that this could be the first great video game adaptation. Whoa, 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 Nate. Nate, how dare you? Don't you put disrespect on The Witcher like this. This was a book long oh my before gosh, it was a video up. game. Nobody what? cares about the stupid book. Source material, Norris. The only Source thing people care about is, is the video games. It's the video games All that right. people care about. All right. I guess we got to take this to Dork Court. What you're about to hear was recorded in front of a live studio audience. They got a problem. Dork Court. They argue about it, both gaming and esports. All right, it's Dork Court. This is where we take an issue that uh, maybe two of our hosts have been battling about, and we've got we've to be able to sort it out on air. I am the Honorable Judge Nate Bender. I will be presiding over this case and over in the plaintiff corner. We've got Robbie, who will be arguing for the truth, the, the fact that the Witcher series is based off of the books. And in the defense corner, we've got Norris, who's going to be saying, saying that the Witcher uh, series is more based off of the video games. We're going to go ahead and start with Robbie to make your opening remarks. So the first thing this comes down to is honoring the source material. There hasn't even been just one Witcher book. There have been eight Witcher books out since 1992. So you have to take that into consideration. On top of that, you also have to look at the fact that the showrunners have said that they're basing these off of the books, not off of the game, because Andrzej the author <laughs> <laughs> said that he wasn't happy with the way that the game portrayed his source material. Okay, all right. Very interesting opening remarks. Now, uh, Norris, rebut. All right, listen. Nobody cares about that, right? Because the main thing that people are going to associate this show with is the game. Have you read the books? No, I didn't think so. Nobody in here has read a Witcher book. No one listening has read a Witcher book. No one's read these books. I don't even think they've been translated to English. <laughs> so the thing is, is everybody's going to be talking about this show in relation to the game. And thus, it is a game-based All right, 10 seconds for closing remarks, and you can choose to rebut if you want. Robbie. All right, fine. No one here's read the book. I haven't played the game. Nate, have you played the game? I have not. Norris, have you played the game? No. Oh, doesn't look like anybody's playing the game either. 
But I can guarantee you that more people have played the games than have read the books. And therefore, it is a video game adaptation. Nobody cares about the books. Okay, there you go. There are closing remarks here for Dork Court. Now, as the presiding judge, I get to make my ruling. And unfortunately, uh, Robbie, I'm going to have to side with Norris. I told you! I think more people have are familiar with The Witcher because of the games. And when they see that title on their Netflix, they're going to click on it because of the games and not because of the novels. It's going to be better than Mario Brothers that you love so much, Don't Robbie. you slander Mario Brothers like that. Don't go, go. AFK on us. Follow, follow us online at CheckpointXP.com. All right, time to switch gears now from Dork Court, and uh, we've actually got this interesting article, an interesting list from Polygon, and then this this actually didn't occur to me until earlier today, that we are coming up on the end of a pretty big milestone, the end of a decade. Oh, yeah. So, from Polygon, we've got the top 25 characters of the decade, video game characters okay. of the decade. Now, we've asked Weird Beard to administrate this list to us. None of us have seen this list. Nope. So, uh, uh, Weird Beard, you want to take this away? Yeah. Uh, well, he, uh, first, I want to toss out a couple of possibly controversial ones Uh-oh. and see if you have any opinions on those listed here. Batman and the Joker from the Arkham oh, series. No, oh, okay. totally deserve it. Well, here's the thing. I don't think that they should go on a list of the top 25 characters from a video game of the they decade. They totally should. They were already characters in common. No, it doesn't I, matter. I don't the think Arkham so. Asylum ah. adaptations are great. No, actually, you know what? I think I got to side with uh, Robbie on this one. There are one. much more characters deserving of this. Yeah, because it, you're right. There is a lineage with Batman and the Joker. Mm-hmm. Those two have been duking it out, whether it be on TV, in the pages of comic books, or in movies for the better part of 40 years. So I don't think that it's exactly fair that they get a spot on this list. Another one is Isabel. A character from the game Animal Crossing. No one would care about Isabel if she wasn't a playable character in Smash. Smash. That's it. I'm sorry. I hate to say that. It might be an unpopular opinion, but no one cared about that character before she appeared in Smash. If Tom Nook was on this list, that'd be okay. Yes. Okay, Tom, okay. Tom so Nook isn't is, just because of the game. Then. Correct. No, correct. Right. Tom fair. Nook is way more that. recognizable. And for the record, I would have enjoyed beating the crap out of Tom Nook <laughs> way more than I enjoy beating the crap out of Isabella. And somehow, a game that was released, uh, I think, less than two months ago, The Goose from Untitled Goose Game. No, no, but no. it deserves it. The Goose is meme it. game alone changed yes. the face of the internet. Yes. The Goose belongs there, mm-hmm. flat out. Sorry. The Goose is the goat. Sorry, you're going to get a rejection the from me. The Goose the goat. You're going to get a rejection from me. I don't think it came in under the deadline enough. There better not be a Death Stranding character on that list. It's then. within the decade. How, what, what cutoff are we talking? The cutoff is January 1, 2020. That's to, the cutoff. To be fair, I wouldn't include a Death Stranding character right, in fair. there among top 25 characters of the decade. Oh, no, Come no, on. Absolutely not. So it seems like there's a lot of contention. Would you like to guess on any of the others that you think should be oh, on the list? Instead? Is there a Ellie G- from The Last of Us? I agree oh, with this. Oh, yeah. I agree with this. Correct. Yes. Nice. Good one. Is there a GTA 5 character on there? There is. Oh, okay. Which one? There's three. You have three to pick from. I I would say Trevor. I would also say Trevor. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is it Trevor? It is Trevor. It is. Of course it's Trevor. Who else would it be? Who's the top five? Give us the top five. Uh, GLaDOS from the Portal series. Okay. I can accept this. Yes. Handsome Jack. 
from yes! Borderlands yep. 2. One of the mm-hmm. best villains in all of video games, hands down, absolutely yes. Doesn't move the needle for me. Kratos from God of War. Totally. Yes. Totally. Not only... Only because, on, in my opinion, the most recent game. Not only has he been shown to be very effective at killing gods, which he's done for innumerable and amounts of games. questionable at parenting. And maybe not good. No, yeah. he's a parent, but that gives him an additional uh, uh, element of, uh, of, of intrigue to yeah. him. And the last one that you haven't discussed yet, Elizabeth and Booker from Bioshock. Ooh. That's tough. That's Top tough. 25, I don't know. All right, listen, we want to hear from you. What game character do you think deserves to be on this list? Connect with us on social media. That's Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter and Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram. And when you do, make sure you use the hashtag XP on air. But ahead next on Checkpoint XP, we're going to check in with our social media followers. Stick around. That's ahead next on Checkpoint XP. This is Joe with the Checkpoint XP Save the Date calendar, letting you know about the latest esports competitions to look forward to in the coming weeks. The major esports leagues are currently on break, but they'll be back in early 2020. Call of Duty League is set to debut on January 24th, while the Overwatch League returns on February the 8th. December will play host to the Capcom Cup, bringing the world's best Street Fighter players together. That event will run from December 13th through the 15th in Los Angeles. December 13th through the 15th will also play host to the DreamHack Open in Sevilla, welcoming CSGO players from around the world. Wrapping up the esports year will be Epicenter 2019 in Moscow. That'll be running from December 17th through the 22nd. As we get into the new year, Dota 2 will welcome us back off the holiday break with DreamHack League Season 13 running from January 18th through the 26th. And Battle Royales are actually on an extended holiday break. They'll be returning to action with DreamHack Anaheim that starts in mid-February. That's it for the Checkpoint XP Save the Date calendar. And remember, for all the latest in the world of esports, check out our website. That's over at CheckpointXP.com. This is Checkpoint XP. Esports and gaming radio. CheckpointXP.com. It's Checkpoint XP's social media questions. This multiple. week, we have multiple questions. Welcome back. I want to thank everyone listening on Jack Sports Radio 1010XL in Jacksonville and ESPN Radio 99.3 FM in Fort Myers, Florida. Make sure you visit our website over at CheckpointXP.com, whether it's our podcast, our thoughts on the latest stories in gaming and esports, or some Checkpoint XP merch. It all lives over at our website, CheckpointXP.com. You can also follow us on social media. That's Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter and Checkpoint underscore XP on Instagram so that you can respond to our weekly social media questions. This week, we actually had three different social media questions, and we want to thank all of you for chiming in on those. So we're going to start with our first one here, and uh, because it was around the time of Thanksgiving, we asked you guys what game you were most thankful for. And I had actually kind of a tough time answering this because I'm thankful for a lot of games. Same. But if I had to pick one, I would have to pick the game that set me on the path that put me on the radio. Oh, okay. That would have to be Final Fantasy XI. Mm -hmm. I started my first podcast along with you, Robbie, called Limit Break Radio all the way back in 2006. And all we did was talk about Final Fantasy XI. And here we are 14 years later sitting in this 
This beautiful studio. (laughs) Who would have thought? Thanks, Paul Rudd. Um, So, yeah, real quick, how about you, Norris? What game are you most thankful for? Uh, Definitely Eleven. That's a big one because it's a it's a point of you know commonality amongst all of us. But uh, if there's another game, I will definitely have to say that I'm very appreciative for it. Is uh, the Metal Gear Solid series? Oh, absolutely. Um, I'm thankful for it because it definitely gave me an idea of what sort of a artistic vision that all tours vision applied to video games could be it also helped uh formulate my political beliefs and uh it brought me to the show because i bug nate about a peace walker shirt and <laughs> wouldn't be here without being a weirdo and asking him about it all right robbie what about you so my reasonings are actually kind of both of yours uh, and that's gonna be final fantasy 7 the game that you know made me a gamer and made me realize what a game could be and really sucked me into it i mean had it not been for that i i might have grown up a real country boy instead of a fake <laughs> weird beard what is a game that you are thankful for uh i would actually have to go all the way back to the snes and say oh, uh say that it's snes yeah, l- literally don't As- say snes that's just it just it's the, the super nintendo entertainment system thank that's you fine and i would have to say <laughs> better uh link to the past i think okay, that yeah, yeah. being able Classic. to like, being able to experience something like that that takes you on a journey changes video games for me from being the bleepy bloopies Atari types games sure. to being like this is a journey. Thank you for picking Link's Awakening but better. It, it, listen, I I do love that game and I I love that point that, you know, there was a there was a point where I felt like games started to get bigger and more meaningful, and it was around that time. Uh, all right, let's take a look at some of the responses that were coming in over social media. All right, Ravmall over on Twitter says, Pokemon would not be into gaming without it. I started with Generation 1 and a rekindled interest in Generation 3. Parents tried to tell, talk me out of the kids' stuff, and had it not been for that, I might have given up gaming in my teens otherwise. Yeah, Pokemon is one of those games where everybody has a context for it, and yeah. it's just incredibly uh, important. It's a generational marker. It's, it's weird because I do think that Pokemon is one of those games that you do end up growing out of, though. Yeah. Because uh, there was a time I grew out of it and then grew back into it. So, you know, the, the, that's that's a big aspect of Pokemon right there. Uh, Chile also over on Twitter said, Final Fantasy fourteen. it brought me tons of friends, laughs, and tears. I also got to visit Vegas and party with you guys because of it. That's right. It's not game-related, but I am thankful for everyone at Checkpoint XP. Oh, thank you for the amazing you. content you have given us and all the content to come. I see a little brown on your nose there, Chile, but we appreciate <laughs> Appreciate Just a it. Bit. We appreciate it. Let's get one more response for a game you're most thankful All for. Right. Teddy says Skyrim. I own it on every single console possible except for the Switch. But that will be changing soon. I bet you don't own it on your refrigerator, do you? You might. Come on, Teddy. Uh, you're listening to Checkpoint XP Esports and Gaming Radio. We're currently going over our uh, social media questions. This week we had a couple of different social media questions. Uh, let's move on now to uh, another one of the questions we asked our audience. What game of 2019 surprised you the most oh. and and again this was one that i struggled with because there was a i mean i played a lot of games in 2019 the problem was is i felt like almost none of them surprised me mm-hmm. you know like i i love death stranding but it didn't surprise me i was ready for the weird that it okay. delivered you know I'm, what i mean yeah uh, um i'm actually gonna go with control this is actually uh, it's a good one. something that i just realized the other day because i knew kind of what was coming 
coming out of the game. But what I didn't realize is throughout the year as I've been playing games, I'll play them here and there, put them down, pick them back up here and there, and go back and forth between a lot. But none of them, once I picked them up, did I play them straight for those two weeks into perfect completion except for Control. It was the only oh, wow. one that managed to capture my attention to that degree all year long. Interesting. Uh, Norris, what about you? Yeah, I'll definitely say there were a lot of games that I expected a lot of, but and definitely not to like Assassin's Creed Odyssey level from last year, which is way better than I think many people anticipated. But I will say I didn't expect to like Death Stranding as much as I did. Oh, okay. I, I, I knew it was going to be good, but I expected to play it and be done with it, and I find myself wanting to play it all the time. Interesting, and that made that the rumors of the Death Stranding sequel that are uh, being bandied about out there right now uh, make that even more mm-hmm. interesting. All right, let's take a look at some of the responses that we had coming in over social media. And you over on Twitter said the Outer Worlds. I thought it would be good, but it shocked me how good it was that I wanted to start over right after beating it. Parvati has to be one of my favorite NPCs of all time and has some of the best dialogue in the game. I can see where you're coming from, but I still get stuck on the fact that that game has no urgency for me. I feel no desire to go and play it. The fact is Fallout Light. It, it's it's uh, Fallout Light. It's also kind of uh, Firefly Light. I'll, I'll tell you this. One was good enough that whatever two ends up being is going to be such a like light year jump. I think two is going to be outstanding, like out of this world. I also think that the world didn't have as much personality as a Fallout world does. That's fair. And that's that's I think that was a big sticking point for me. Uh, Athene River on Twitter. Oh, Athene. Kingdom Hearts 3. Oh, Mostly no. the fact that it actually came out, which I will give you that one. But then the ending hit. Well, look, no one could sit through that monstrosity <laughs> of a game to get to the ending. So you're one of five people that saw it. Uh, I uh, Surprising is not the word that I would use for <laughs> Kingdom Hearts. Not all surprises are good. Uh, that's fair. fair. All right, I'll give you that one. Uh, Jacob over on Twitter said, Pokemon Sword and Shield. I mean, of course, I would like all of the Pokemon in there, but then limiting the number uh, forced them to design actual meaningful and interesting creatures and typing. See, no, I, no, 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 shut up. Because I actually really like this take. I like the fact that somebody says, listen, I have been tied to my old Pokemon for years, and this has had the unforeseen circumstances of me Forcing myself to bond with something new. And I think that is really cool. Hot take. There have always been crappy Pokemon and cool Pokemon, and no generation is free of that. What it did allow them to do, though, is focus more on the game design and less on the Pokemon design. See, now that that I'll give you, because the Pokemon designs for Sword and Shield, they're just as dumb as they've always been. I never said that they weren't dumb. I just said that they forced (laughs) people to bond with them in the same way. Dude, shut up! Cobbletops is dumb! It's a stupid design! No, it is, it is not. He has swords for hands, and I will not hear any of that slander. Five-year-old Nate coming in here. <laughs> That's so right. Bad. That's right. Kabutops and Scyther, man. They have swords for hands. It doesn't get it's any better so than that. Stupid. They win every time. Show me another Show me another Pokemon that can win. Charizard. No. But make sure you follow us over on social media so that you can make your voice heard on next week's social media question. That's Checkpoint XP on Facebook and Twitter and Checkpoint on 
underscore XP on Instagram. Thanks for joining us for Checkpoint XP. For more info on the show, links to articles and the Checkpoint XP podcast, then head on over to CheckpointXP.com. Make note of when you're catching us on your local radio station like WXSM Tri-Cities, Tennessee, as well as ESPN Phoenix 620. And remember to come back next week for more video game news and discussion. Checkpoint XP is a production of Beasley Esports XP. I want to thank my crew. Lead segment producing by Norris Howard. Snake wrangling by Weirdbeard. Producing and booking help from Chad Callahan. And of course, my co-hosts, Robbie Landis and Norris Howard. My name's A. Bender. Keep listening.